So we will continue our discussion this evening, centered primarily around Srila uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur's Bhaktiloka, which is an analysis of two verses of Sri Upadeshamrita by Srila Rupa Goswami, and he tries to bring out the meaning of the six items that are unfavorable to devotional practice and the six items that are favorable in such a way that we can uh, nourish our personal practice by a deeper understanding of the do's and the don'ts. Maybe the do's and the don'ts is not the best way to look at it. I think if if the sadhaka is to look at these items that are favorable and unfavorable, a proper orientation in looking at these things as favorable and unfavorable would be the same way one would look at what is favorable and unfavorable in developing a intimate relationship with someone that would ultimately over time uh, develop into a, a deep and lasting love. So if we frame our viewpoint not in such a way as well, these are things that I must do in order to to rectify myself or fix something that's wrong but rather we, we take an approach of these are things I, I, I would love to do because they're going to increase the depth and the seriousness of, of developing love of God. So if you look at it that way, then try to give some analogy there to, well, what you would do and what you wouldn't do if you were trying to deepen a relationship with someone because you have some initial, well, some initial faith, this will be the person that's going to work for you. This will be the person that will do it. And, and if you look at it like that, it develops naturally. That, okay, I have some initial faith, and then I'm going to engage in some activities, but I want those activities, I want to do those activities in such a way that, that, uh, this potential that I see in the other person can be fully explored and I can do things in a way that that exchange of love can can grow more and more they're going to appreciate me more and I'm going to appreciate them more and by this mutual exchange we're going we're gonna to appreciate each other to the point of, of absolute, uh, absolutely falling in love. Now we have an advantage here. And the advantage we have is we're trying to fall in love with a perfect person. <laughs> so when the other party says that in whatever way you approach me, I reciprocate accordingly. 
We don't have to worry that as we repose our love in the other person, they're going to drop the ball and walk away. That's not going to happen. When they say that if you love me just a little bit, that's enough. I don't require a lot. A little water, a leaf, a flower. That's all. That'll be enough to show me that you care. I don't need some big show. A little show is good. That'll be good for me. When the other party says, even if your affection is not fully developed, just some little, if you make some little show towards me, I will carry that, what that you have, and I'll provide what you lack in our loving exchange. Now, if we look at it that way, <laughs> if we don't look at it as if this is a, you know, a, a, the do's and the don'ts of becoming the perfect devotee, and we look at it as guidelines of things that are favorable for culturing love and things that are unfavorable for culturing love, then our whole we can we can set up a a perspective within our practice that nurtures the development of these natural qualities of giving up what's not favorable and of accepting what is favorable. I think that's a good perspective to have. It, it can be good for us to look at it in that way. We have difficulty with that. I understand that there's some difficulty. We come from a culture of that's, that's based on a spiritual orientation or, well, forget that, a religious orientation that's developed over 2,000 years, which is basically either you get it all wrong, right or it's all wrong. And there's really no middle ground here. Either you're going to be that perfect Christian or you're going to hell in a breadbasket and it'll be on fire. And there is no recourse. You have no out. It's eternal damnation. So we have kind of that orientation. That's the culture that we've been born into and we kind of carry some of those genes, you know, with us. Except for those special souls like yourself, which have been born here just to meet and, and spread Krishna's movement in the Western world. But general, generally, we look at this, you know, this, this background in, in, in the culture of the Western world is primarily... The, this mentality of all or nothing in spiritual life. Of course, then we have the cheating aspect of that, but I'm not going to go there right now. We'll just stick with the... With the uh, either you're going to get it right or wrong. If you accept Jesus into your heart, or you don't, and if you don't, you're finished, and if you do, it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah, that's another shortcoming. But... We're talking about a perfect relationship with a perfect person who doesn't really 
require a lot. A little sincerity goes a long way, a long way in our spiritual advancement. So first, in this things that are unfavorable for culturing love for the Supreme Lord, uh, Achahara, Ahara, some some fulfillment of the senses that's over the top. We don't need that. That's not going to be favorable. We all have to eat. We all have to smell, see, taste, hear, touch. The senses need some satisfaction. But just Achahara. Achahara means we do overdo it. Overdo the Ahara. And that's not good. So if we can be moderate, temperate, and, and find a proper balance where it doesn't it doesn't control us, but we have some control of it. We don't turn on the TV and the TV sucks us in that we we have some discipline, some little discipline, not a lot. We still eat, devotees eat, they eat well, but we don't we don't eat at the cost of other living entities' lives. Uh, it's not a big thing. Uh, but to some, it's everything. What? <laughs> I'll die. Well, we have to learn. We won't die. You won't die if you don't kill something else to eat. Really, you won't. Really, you won't die if you, you know... Don't get stoned every day. You can actually go a few days without it. Maybe even longer. Uh, So, not overdoing it. So the senses are there. We keep them at a position where we're, we have a comfortable lifestyle where it's, it's, there's no, overindulgence and of course the converse is there there's no underindulgent we don't unnecessarily become some false renunciant for to what end what what's the end of 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 all this renunciation if it doesn't result in a furtherance of our loving affection for krishna because if we overdo it the other way, generally speaking, the heart simply becomes hard from such over-austerity. Then we come to endeavor. We all have to have some endeavor in our, in our existence. And again, moderation is the key. And specifically when we look at both jnana and karma, 
and Bhaktivinod stresses that point. When we look at our endeavors, those endeavors for in karma to uh, to avoid uh, bad reaction and to uh, attain some some material benefit or to dharma, karma, moksha, this thing. So karma, over-endeavoring in karma, just it's, it's not necessary. And what to speak of gyan? I mean, uh, some knowledge is required, but not that we want to acquire knowledge to the point that we, in understanding what is matter and what is spirit, as we decide we want to be the supreme spirit. So... Um, in his commentary, in this Bhaktiloka, he, he looks at over endeavor specifically in relationship to those people that take to the paths of karma and yawn for the attainment of material benefit or liberation. Since there's no need for that. If you take the bhakti, the easy route, and develop a loving affection for the Supreme Lord, then all the results that you could get from all the all the karma conda activities in the three worlds are immediately satisfied and as far as liberation well that loving affection and the and the and the spiritual emotion that comes from developing that love far exceeds how far does it exceed well, if you were to look to the water that's contained in the hoof print of a calf and compare it to the ocean, that wouldn't even be a sufficient comparison of the difference between attaining liberation in the impersonal energy of the Supreme and having an emotional exchange with Him in a loving relationship. There's no comparison there. There's no mathematics that we could apply whatsoever to, to, to match the two. You could not write the equation. There is not enough zeros on the negative side. It, it just doesn't exist. So now, this evening, we come to the, the third item, the fourth item. The third item is, so we've talked about uh, our acquiring. Some, some acquiring is under control of our senses, acquiring what the senses need to, to, to be content, and our endeavor... Our endeavor is controlled. Now we talk about control of the tongue, control of our speaking. Why is this such an important thing? I mean, wouldn't that fall under endeavor? It's just another endeavor. But no, actually, if we look at the situation uh, of someone that's come to the human form of life, this talking is a big portion of the 
involvement in material nature. There's continual, continual discourse. And the discourse is unfortunately, if it's not directed towards spiritual pursuit, spiritual benefit, then it has to be in relationship with that which is dead. It, it can only be a discussion about something that is not enduring, that will eventually come to an end, and that really has no significance on the spiritual platform whatsoever. And if you really analyze the talking, primarily all mundane discourse is about one person dominating another person. Think about it. Think about the discourse. Think about the articles and the papers and the... And the uh, and the themes that are in the movies and all the different discourse that you hear on the mundane platform. And basically it's one person putting forward their attitude or their position or their activities as being superior to those of another. So we have the left party and we have the right party and we have the capitalists the socialists. We have the tree huggers and we have the tree cutters. We have the what is it now today the big thing is there's now open marriage for the gays. And then we have the people that just are like livid. How could we let this happen? Marriages between a man and a woman. So we have the liberals and the conservatives. We have the religious and the irreligious. So wherever we, there's this struggle there. And primarily, primarily the struggle is carried out with the tongue. Now sometimes the tongue wagging will not, will not bring about a satisfaction of the struggles between one living entity and another living entity individually or collectively socially or nationally so therefore we have a war we have a civil war we have a war we have a world war but the war generally is begins with a war of words. That's material life. So, when we look to Prajapa, we are referring to all that talk. There has to be some Prajapa. There's no question of not having talk. But... In this verse, and in this context, when we talk of Prajapa, we're talking about Prajapa that's not going to lead to any spiritual benefit. 
It's not going to nurture our love for the Supreme Lord. It's not going to nurture a detachment from that which is in opposition to that love. Therefore, the sadhus, they're recommending, Rupa's writing here for Jalpa, this thing is not going to be favorable for spiritual life. Better to say nothing. Better to hear nothing than to hear this discourse. This will not serve you well. But there is good discourse. There's Harikatha. There's discourse between the spiritual master and the disciple. There's discourse of the pastimes of the Lord and his associates. All these things, we can, we can hear these things and these will be a benefit. These will purify us. These will not contaminate us with, with what will ultimately end in nothing but strife. It'll either be inside our minds, Prajapa will end up in a strife within our mind, or we'll take it outside and it'll end up in a strife verbal, or it'll go all the way to physical. So, we can see that it's a very simple principle here that if we're going to hear if we're going to have some discourse if we're going to talk let's talk about Krishna let's talk about the supreme let's talk about that philosophical knowledge that is going to nurture a detachment from that which is not going to be beneficial to us Prajalpa, idle talking. Yes, go ahead. Also, um, from sound comes form. So when you talk about nonsense or material things, and that brings about those forms. And we have scientific evidence to that point. In our movie that came out, my gosh, now it's like five years ago. We showed that movie at our store. What was the name of it? The Secret. The Secret. So they did their experiments. The water crystals. They had water and, you know, they screw, you know. Yeah, there was a couple like that. But they actually did some experience with what is the influence of sound. And uh, they, uh, they had, you know, bottles of water and they would, one, one bottle they would curse, curse at, and scream obscenities to, and the other they would, they would uh, speak nice things too and there was actually a different reaction and the two waters originally were the same uh, and also they did a similar experiment with water and, and uh, the formation of, of ice crystals uh, within water same thing when there was 
you know, nice music and nice, uh, then the, the crystals form nicely, and when there wasn't, you know, then... Uh, then it would plants also, if they play classical music around plants, they flourish, they grow, and if they play like heavy metal, loud <laughs> sounds, plants don't grow very nicely. So, yeah, there's some natural. So, the, yes, it starts with sound. That's a good point. It starts with sound. And as I said, from sound, then it starts in our mind. So, Prajalpa. And uh, Bhaktivinoda uh, concludes his uh, his Discussion. Remember, these are all different essays that he wrote that were put out in this magazine. Um, and then they were in, compiled into this book, small book. But he quotes at the end, he qu quotes from the Bhagavatam where Krishna is talking to Uddhava, this verse. Whoever indulges in praising or criticizing the qualities and behaviors of others will quickly become deviated from his own best interest by his entanglements in illusory dualities. So this is something that uh, Krishna said to Uddhava in this regard. So even praising? Even praising. Mm -hmm. Material praise. This is, you know. So that would entangle you in the way that you would get karma, but good karma, it's still karma. It's okay. Yeah, I mean anything on the material platform. This is that we're not talking about praising the qualities of Krishna. We're not talking about praising. Uh, well, the Krishna and his associates—they're they're the same. Except you praise the associates, you get more benefit. But. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, Krishna is talking to Uddhava here about about the fact that this mundane criticism and praise, it, uh, both the same thing. They both, you know, they both keep us in the world of illusion. So we come to the fourth item, Niyamagraha. Too much attachment to or too much neglect of rules and regulations. Niyamagraha. Engaging in the rules and regulations just for the matter of following them and not for the purpose of spiritual advancement or neglecting the rules and regulations whimsically. First to be understood in this regard is is the the yamas and the niyamas, the the things that we do um, outside and the things we do inside. Um, outside, we're truthful, honest, uh, merciful. 
empathetic inside. We, we have our personal cleanliness and uh, humility. So these things are both, as Bhaktivinoda says in this book, in regards to these different things that are favorable and unfavorable to devotional practice and, and spiritual advancement. Uh, they're both conditional and constitutional. Conditional means they're based on our particular time, place, and circumstance. And constitutional means that they are always good in nourishing our spiritual development. So, although they, the expression, outward expression of, the, of these items may be different according to condition, different people will express these things differently based on their condition. Uh, the constitutional ones uh, will always always nourish. Um, let's take example uh, charity. So charity's good for our, for for everyone, but the charity of the sannyasi and the charity of the householder is entirely different. So the condition there's a conditional aspect and there's a constitutional aspect. Everybody needs to be charitable. But the sannyasi, the sadhu, his charity is not the same. He's not giving, he's taking. And that's showing charity. Because he's sacrificing himself to give spiritual knowledge. He himself is a place of pilgrimage. So he travels from one place to another place to give knowledge. His, sac his charity is that bestowal of knowledge and those, that bestowal of blessings. He's taking your money and you're getting, a, you're getting his charity. The householder is giving the money to the sannyasi and that's his charity is the giving and the sannyasi's charity is the taking so the general constitutional principle is everyone needs to give charity but the charity is different between one person and another based on their position so there is the other element of conditional circumstance. So when we look at Niyamagraha in our devotional practice, we it it involves a conditional aspect and a constitutional aspect. And as one advances in bhakti, what was at one time a prohibition had to be strictly followed in order to purify our existence so that we could advance nicely 
as one becomes more advanced, it's really no, of no significance anymore. So therefore, the person that's attained bhava bhakti no longer re- needs to follow the rules of sadhana bhakti. Now they'll follow the rules of sadhana bhakti, but not for the same reason. They're now following the rules simply as a man- manner of being an exemplar in human society. But they don't need those rules anymore. Their role now is they're culturing their bhava for Krishna. It's, it's a whole, so we have spiritual practice in devotional service and practice, devotional service and ecstasy, devotional service and pure love of God. So there is some fine discrimination in knowing where we stand and what is to be done and what is not to be done according to where we are in our practice. Now, there's only one real rule in bhakti with two aspects which are always remember Krishna and never forget him. So we perform different activities to support that main rule. And we perform those activities we accept and we reject what's favorable and unfavorable in order to further that. So in the beginning, someone who's at the stage of Anista Bhajana Kriya, he's not even steady yet because the material energy is still attacking him, basically. It's still affecting the way he does his service therefore he has to be he has all these cautionary things you know that he has to do all these regular principles you know I sit in front of the deity this way I don't eat boga that hasn't been offered and you know all these things are there for the for the for the sonic in this you know at sadhana bhakti at bhava bhakti someone at bhava bhakti has no more a need to follow all those details but he still gives an example especially if he's at bhava bhakti but he's coming down to preach then he's given an example perfect example at all times but once in a while he'll show his true position he'll walk in the kitchen and he'll pop up a core in his mouth. The offering hasn't been made yet. <laughs> oh, that hasn't been offered. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I offered it before you even cooked it. What do you mean? Your whole service is based on my intent to make you a devotee. So I already have a relationship here. Everything you're doing is you're doing under my direction, you're gonna now. You're gonna tell me I can't have the pakora that you would never have cooked if you had if I had never given you mantra. 
So it's a different, you see, there's some difference. So there is some fine intelligence that's required in knowing what to accept and not accept as we advance. In the beginning, we generally don't use our conditioned mind to make those determinations. Therefore, in the beginning, we strictly adhere to the order of the spiritual master. Our discrimination is not very good at that stage. So therefore, he's saying, do this, don't do that. Act like this, don't act like that. Follow these sevas. Worship, worship in this particular way. Don't come into the temple on a palaquin. Don't wear your shoes in. You know, <laughs> simple things. But our discrimination isn't good, so he has to point these things out. Don't sit with your feet out in front. You know, so many things that are there in order to give us, bring us into the into the family of spiritual culture. So you you know, it's it's simple. Let's just take another example. Let's say that you were born in the Appalachians, in the hills of Appalachia, you know, where where dinner was a squirrel or a raccoon, a groundhog even. <laughs> and it was cooked. You know, it wasn't, you know, it, you just, you were survived. Now, you ta- you're taken out of that position and you're put into an English estate, you know, and you sit with royalty. Now, you need some training. You're not going to be able to go in there and you have to eat with this particular utensil at a particular time. You have to hold your glass in a particular way. That's the rules of that society. So we have the rules of the material world. We're used to those world rules. They center around everything's for me. <laughs> so whatever there is, that's for my enjoyment. And, and all of a sudden, we've come in contact with the spiritual side of things, of the Lord's internal loving energy, and we have to be trained so the spiritual master, he's training like this. At a certain time, you're gonna, the training's going to take effect. It's going to have a positive effect. It's going to change your character. And sometimes it, you don't even recognize how, how this spiritual life is having an effect on you. And that's, that's a, there's some caution in that. We can't judge these things from the outside. If we do, we can sometimes get ourselves in serious trouble. Well, I've been practicing for 30, 40 years and nothing's happening here. I'm not feeling it. I'm not fe- what is this? I thought... I, I thought People were supposed to change by this process of Krishna consciousness. I thought that, you know, 
people were going to become nicer and people were going to become this or that or they were going to live up to my expectations of what they should be well first of all you don't realize how much you yourself have changed in the association of devotees you really don't recognize it because you it's the treatment has been there it's been having an effect you have made changes you are a different person so we have to be careful when we look at our spiritual practice and we look at what what is the character and the development of spiritual character that comes in the association of devotees from following the instructions of the spiritual master we can't judge these things materially and we have to be careful if we think that well it should be like this now we should be at this stage now this, everybody should be no it's not like that and uh, if we judge like that we'll have some we could have some difficulty and some setbacks in our spiritual progress which is very unfortunate um, but if you stick if, you, if you're there and you have some faith uh, what will happen is all, all of a sudden one day you'll realize you know I haven't had any bursts of anger now for three or five years and I used to be ready to throw people off the roof that got in my way or I really don't carry that much lust as I used to in my youth and I I don't think about that much anymore do you realize how big those things are those are big changes in our material conditioning that are coming about by this chanting and by this association and by the grace of the spiritual master. These are big things, huge things. How huge? You can have these big yogis who spent lifetimes getting their senses under control and two little fish come by and, and all of a sudden... They're at this fish. Oh, look at those! They're enjoying and lost all that, all that yogi perfection, lost in a heartbeat because of two little minis. What the? But a devotee, what's Krishna saying, Bhagavad Gita? Whatever little advancing you make is never lost if it's on the path of bhakti. It's never lost. You don't go backwards. You can stunt your growth. That we know. But once that operad has finally passed, however long that may be, and it can be a long time, a long time. I mean, the Sudarshan Chakra, if you offend a devotee, can chase you around the universe and you could find no shelter. So, serious things. But, 
that advancement in your spiritual life in your in in that affectionate development of love for the supreme it's it's never it's never lost as far as, as and what to speak of the of the material things that anarthas that fall away uh, from practice and if we see a devotee that's fallen away and you say oh they've fallen back into maya it's not the same as the karmi never the same it may look like the karmi he may look like a karmi he may act like a karmi you may say my gosh he's doing the same things he did before no it's not the same if there was any if there was some sincerity there and true bhakti was was there at the from the grace of the devotee then that devotee's intent will will have some significant effect on spiritual practice even if we have some difficulties Bhaktivinoda Thakur quotes again from Krishna's instructions to Uddhava from the Uddhava Gita Krishna says steadiness in one's own position is declared to be actual piety. Whereas, deviation from one's position is considered impiety. In this way, the two are definitely ascertained. O saintly Uddhava, in order to restrict materialistic activities, I have established that which is proper and improper among all material things, including time, space, and all physical objects. Time, place, and circumstance, these things are there, conditional, constitutional, understanding that helps us a little bit. So what is uh, good for the sannyasi is not good for the householder. What's good for the householder is not good for the sannyasi. What's good for the sadhaka may not be good for the bhava bhakti doesn't need those things in fact that if he stays and does those things of this on the sadika level and doesn't engage in those act- activities internal things that are necessary to culture his bhav then that's not good for him he's going to be he's going to be stagnant in his spiritual advancement again we have a synthesis of uh, we've mentioned always remembering Krishna and never forgetting him that's our central core uh, do and don't and Bhaktivedanta brings out another thing that I thought was really nice in the eternal state the eternal condition of the living entity Prem is the only prescription it's the only do getting to pray love and envy is the only prohibition. So all these other rules there, they, they, they center around these things. The do is to develop love, and the don't is to don't become envious. He also says at one point, Shraddha is the only rule for people established in, in the level of bhakti. 
because in his discussion here, as all these discussions are, there's always the distinctions made of what do the karmis do, what's the karma, the path of karma, what's the path of jnana, and what's the path of bhakti. So in his discussion, he says, if we look to what what is the significance for the bhakti, what is significant is shraddha, the faith. The faith is cultured through all of it. For the jnani, what's cultured? The renunciation. And for the karmi, what's cultured is the elevation, the attainment of of higher position. Smartavya satatam vishnor vishmart Vishmartavyo Najatujit. That's your verse from the Padma Purana. Smartavya Satatam Vishnur. Always remember Smart Smartavya. Hearing. Remembering. Smartavya Satatam Vishnur. Eternally remembering. Vishmartavya the Jatuchit Sarvevidi Nisedan Da Shur Sarvidi is the primary rule Niseda Vidi Niseda Etayor Eva Kinkara Forgetting Krishna is never allowed. So that's from the Padma Purana. So do you have any questions? Hare Krishna.